You're listening to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. Welcome to the Big House Bleachers Podcast. I'm Michael Smeltzer. I'm here with my partner and co-host, Matt Hartwell. And Matt, I'm just going to jump right in. We've got plenty to talk about. Um, Last night, or really yesterday during the day, it came out that the Harbaugh suspension appears to be at least postponed, maybe canceled indefinitely. We don't really know. But what we do know is that Harbaugh will not be sitting out the four games that we thought he would at the beginning of the season. Him, him and his camp, uh, Tom Mars, his attorney, uh, and the NCAA have not been able to reach a settlement or an agreement, and it looks like this will be carried on at least until 2024. So I have a lot to talk about, a lot of thoughts reg- uh, related to this, but I'd love to get your initial reaction. Yeah, initial reaction for me um, is that uh, obviously relief, you know, because we've got our guy for uh, the first four games of the season. And uh, kind of secondary reaction for me is uh, is kind of curious on the intent. Uh, my brother-in-law, he uh, he's obviously a Gator fan, so not thoroughly uh, biased or invested into Michigan in any capacity. He was texting me um, uh, under the suspicion that obviously it might mean that Harbaugh's in deeper trouble that we realize that they the NCAA wants to look into other things that we're not fully aware of. And that's kind of the meaning of the the um, thing that the NCAA put out, the comments that they put out regarding Har- Harbaugh. So I don't know, buddy. What's uh, what's your thoughts on it? Well, it's kind of there, there's pros and cons, right? The pros are uh, we get our guy. You know, we, it looks like we're going to have Harbaugh for the entire season. This is the season that's loaded with talent. Uh, we want to be just uh, hitting on all cylinders from uh, game one all the way to hopefully what ends up being game 15 in Houston, Texas, the national championship, which all Michigan fans are getting geared up for. But then you start to let it settle. You start to have some lingering thoughts about, okay, what does this mean? Well, it means that it's not going away. Whereas with the previous uh, resolution, it would have been, okay, week five rolls around and everybody sort of forgets about it, right? And, and that really, you know, that probably would have been nice to have some resolution. Now, all the way through the season, no matter how well or how poorly Michigan is playing, there's always going to be people in the media that have the ability to reference looming suspensions, looming infractions. And um, you got to wonder what that does to recruiting too. So does it mean that there, you know, Harbaugh might be in deeper shit than we realized? I don't think so necessarily. I, I, I think that there's still, um, it's still basically the same amount of information as we always had. I think that uh, Harbaugh did rub some people the wrong way. And so they're having trouble coming to terms with it. It could very well mean that Harbaugh is going to beat this thing entirely, right? Like that, that might be the other thing. So it, might, it, it, it could go either way, uh, but it definitely means that it's not going away anytime soon. So there are the skeptics and the people out there saying, 
well, it's not even going to matter. Harbaugh's going to be off to the NFL next year. He's going to get one more season in, push this thing you know, into 2024, and then dip out and go to the NFL. So, of course, of course, these narratives are going to build. You know, any any time there's an opportunity for Harbaugh to the NFL narratives to build, they're going to. Um, but let me leave it at this. Uh, I... I 100% am behind Michigan. I'm 100% behind Harbaugh. I think there is a lot of hypocrisy and inconsistency in the way that the NCAA handles these situations. But with that being said, I would be lying if I said that this doesn't affect me as a, as a Michigan fan and follower. I, I really don't want my team to be under scrutiny. I really don't, you know, I, I really don't want the, the potentially the greatest team that we've had in my lifetime to, to be dealing with this extracurricular off the field stuff. And so um, it kind of bums me out, you know, now that I've had a chance to let it really settle in. Yeah. Maybe the four game suspension would have just been easier. Uh, But nevertheless, you know, I'll be there for, for, you know, the week two UNLV game. And so uh, watching Harbaugh get off the bus will, will definitely get me excited. So I am glad that that will be happening. And to your point, Mike, I mean, when uh, all of this stuff is supposed to resurface between Harbaugh and the NCAA, I mean, technically, it's the time that the NFL coaching carousel is going to be making its round. You know what I mean? So it kind of just kicks up even more fire to the flame with the Harbaugh to the NFL rumors. Harbaugh's not going to sit around and let the NCAA pick on him type narratives floating around and it's really just going to add even more fuel to that fire of uh Harbaugh going to an NFL team and uh and leaving Michigan behind so really as a as a fan of Michigan football you just hate to see it because it's just added drama for the Wolverines next offseason um like any potential for like success or celebratory things that may happen after the season are going to be like immediately clouded by questions of what are your plans for next season? And that's always a bummer. So that obviously sucks. Love that we get him for the full season, but just hate that this thing's sticking around for, uh, for the time being. Well, yeah. And let me just wrap this conversation up with a, uh, a quote from uh, Tom Mars, who is representing Jim Harbaugh in this, dispute with the NCAA. Um, He says, pursuant to the NCAA's internal operating procedures and under threat of penalties, Michigan, the involved coaches, and their lawyers are prohibited from uttering a word about this ongoing case. Yet the NCAA can issue a public statement putting its own spin on the case. And so what we're seeing repeatedly from the NCAA is they're leaking information that paints Harbaugh in a certain way. And Harbaugh literally cannot speak about it. He literally cannot even say, no, 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 this is what happened. Or no, 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 this is what I meant. And so now the NCAA can continue to do this for another you know, nine or 12 months or however long it is. And Harbaugh, Sharon Moore, Grant Newsom, Tom Mars, you know, the Ward Manual, nobody can say anything about this because if they come out and say anything about the case, the NCAA can slap them with another infraction. And so it's, it's hypocritical, it's unfair, 
Um, and it, it still, uh, still feels like a targeted attack by the NCAA. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And the language is damning in that statement that was released by the NCAA, specifically referring to uh, the cheeseburger stuff. You know what I mean? Like, like what kind of clown stuff is that on the NCAA's part to regardless? You know what I mean? If the media takes that and runs with it and and kind of does with that what you will like. The NCAA needs to ignore that and pursue on with their investigation and come to a conclusion with it and just not mind any of that stuff. You know, if people want to hone in on the cheeseburger aspect of his punishment, like so be it. It's not the NCAA's job to issue a statement or of what uh, Harbaugh's uh investigation is or isn't about you know what i mean it's ridiculous ridiculous indeed but the good news is is there's plenty of good news floating around the michigan football program it's a great time to be alive and it's a great time to be a michigan fan the coaches poll was released and i've got to be honest with you matt i was actually pretty surprised here i i know everybody's been saying michigan should be up there in the top two with Georgia. I've heard a lot of analysts saying it in the offseason. Uh, ESPN's Chris Fowler, who we talked about, had, was it Chris Fowler or Reese Davis? Somebody, I'm getting Reese confused Davis. here. Reese Davis had uh, Michigan number one overall. Uh, but I didn't actually expect the coaches or the AP to put Michigan above Bama or Ohio State. And sure enough, the coaches poll came out. Georgia, number one, Michigan, number two, Alabama, number three, Ohio State, number four, and then LSU comes in at number five. So let's, let's just focus on that first five to kick things off here. But, but uh, Michigan at two, how are you feeling about that? Do you think that's a fair assessment? And were you surprised to see it? I think it's an incredibly uh, fair assessment. I was a little bit surprised at how fair uh, it was, obviously. but. I do think uh, it's definitely a accurate version of of uh, what most people would look at the top 25 of being, especially that uh, that top 10 uh, Michigan at two. I love to see it. We'll see where they end up in terms of uh, the AP um, and uh, and other rankings like that. But for now, very satisfied with uh, the coaches poll ranking. But uh, we'll see. I don't know. It's uh, you, kind of the narrative is that Michigan doesn't want those expectations on their shoulders. But I kind of like it. You know what I mean? They're, it's not like they're one. You've still got Georgia comfortably ahead of you as uh, the best team in the nation. Still so much to prove. But uh, still a high ranking for the Wolverines, deservedly so. So I'm okay with it. I think the AP is going to follow suit. I think they're also going to put Michigan at number two. I think that's the the sexy option now is Georgia and Michigan. I think the you know we saw Vegas come out and say that they're giving a slight edge to Michigan in most cases to win the Big Ten again, which like even that wasn't the case coming last year coming off the Big Ten championship. Everybody said, well, we think the pendulum will swing back and Ohio State will take over again. Now we're getting to the point where people are starting to take Michigan seriously. Uh, in the preseason, and I think the AP is probably going to do the same thing. 
Now, it was interesting, though. So Georgia was not the unanimous number one. Uh, Bama and Ohio State both got first place votes. Michigan got none. And so what, it, what appears to have happened is Michigan is solidly, solidly in that second spot for, for most voters. And then the, for the voters that uh, had Bama or Ohio State number one, they may have, in fact, dropped Georgia a little lower. So Mich- Michigan seems to be kind of locked into that spot. Um, and, and, you know, Michigan really hasn't been ranked number one that much uh, in the AP era. Like, wait, Michigan has a ton of top five teams. Not a lot of teams that hung out in that number one spot. Bama, Ohio State, um, USC, Notre Dame, even now Georgia, uh, some of the Texases and Oklahomas of the world. Like, a lot of those teams have spent a lot of time at number one. Michigan has not. And so here's what I hope happens, Matt. I really want Georgia to stumble early in the season. And I want, I want to see Michigan at number one for like six, seven, eight weeks in a row. Because to, to me, that would just be a, like a spectacular ride, you know, to just be, a, to be on top of college football. So uh, who knows if we're going to see it or not. Um, let's let's kind of, you know, let's, before we move on from the coaches poll, I've got a couple interpretations or thoughts here. I've got USC a little higher. I've got USC at three, um, and, that, and that's higher than most people have them, but I think when you have a uh, returning Heisman Trophy winner, uh, Caleb Williams there, uh, you know, you did lose Jordan Addison, the, the wide receiver, and so, you know, that'll be a little tough, but I think USC is just going to run a lot of teams out of the building and win a lot of games 55 to 50, and, you know, I, I could see them just running through the conference, and so, that was that was one thing that stuck out, and then um, Oklahoma not getting a lot of love, which was to be expected because they they were so terrible last year. But I I do think Oklahoma will sneak their way back into the top ten or twelve, uh, and then Iowa. I, I you know I know you and I have talked a little bit about Iowa. I I actually think that with Cade McNamara, Eric All, some of the progressions on offense they've had, we know they're going to have a stellar defense. I think I think the coaches poll might be sleeping a little bit on on Iowa, but um, you, you know, did you have any first impressions of of the poll when it came out and what it looked like? No, obviously, uh, like I mentioned, I did feel upon release that it was it was probably closely to what I would have uh, ranked it if I were to put together a top twenty five. If uh, the listeners remember not too long ago, you and I both did our top 12 ranking. But just like you, my lone exception would be Iowa. I think that uh, that definitely they're sleeping on Iowa a little bit. Um, but other than that, I think that uh, that what you're seeing here, I, I'm not giving too much credit to USC, uh, to your point, with respect to uh to Caleb Williams, but uh, I think where they're at is pretty comfortable right behind LSU. I think if I remember correctly, I had LSU at four or five, uh, OSU, I think, at uh, five, if I'm not mistaken, and LSU at four. So I really like the coaches poll. Would like to see Iowa a little bit higher, but I mean, that's kind of a commonality. I think that uh, that everyone sleeps on Iowa to kind of begin the season. And they eventually just climb their way up into that 
mid-tier teen range and start surprising some people. So uh, par for the course for that. But other than that, I think that they got it right. The teams that are interesting that we want to keep an eye on that are kind of those swing teams are, are like 7 to about 12. You've got Penn State, Florida State, Clemson, Tennessee, Washington, and Texas. Every one of those teams could end up just sucking this year. And every one of those teams could end up being a playoff team, you know? And so it'll be interesting to see what happens with those kind of mid-tier teams there because there's a lot of interesting quarterback play, a lot of interesting rosters in that range. Um, But I tell you what, we talked about Iowa a little bit. That's a great segue to one of our talking points. And so I'm going to go ahead and just, you know, pull that up. Um, Cade McNamara, former Michigan quarterback uh, who – I always put respect on his name because he he was a part of the team that that returned us to glory. Um, there was a little video that showed. I don't know if you saw the video or not, Matt, but there, uh, it it hit the news circuit a little bit. He he went down with a, kind of a weird uh, non contact knee injury. You saw him kind of pull up when he was running, and he 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 went down. He sat out the rest of practice. It appears that uh, Coach Ferentz and and the staff there are saying it is not very serious, but you got to wonder, you know, he had, he had some surgeries when he was with us and, and uh, a non-contact leg injury is always a little suspect heading in, you know, heading into the last month before games start. So uh, do you think this is something to keep an eye on for uh, court, uh, quarterback Cade McNamara in Iowa? I think it's definitely something to keep an eye on, Mike. And it's interesting because, you know, injury was never really something that was like a narrative with Cade McNamara because it was more or less about the QB competition between him and JJ. You know what I mean? Uh, obviously, he got injured towards the end of uh, the decision between him and JJ to be named the starter. But that was kind of just already a formality. You know what I mean? Um, We never really kind of focused in on the injury aspect of Cade last season. So, yes, now he has this injury that uh, he's going into this new career with Iowa with goes down uh, with uh, with what looked like uh, a leg injury was deemed, I guess, a uh, soft tissue injury. I guess uh, Coach Ferentz came out and said that it's not something that they're concerned about soft tissue injury. Uh, So more to be revealed as far as that's concerned. But whenever a uh, your starting quarterback goes down uh, non-contact, it's never a good thing. So I don't know, man. We'll see. I've been I've been pulling for Cade. You know, I have no hate for Cade. Obviously, he could have handled the situation a little bit better, but I've been very high on the Hawkeyes this offseason. So I had uh, high expectations for them, and hopefully they uh, they get to live out those uh, that hype and those expectations going into this year with their starting quarterback. I'm just hanging on to the idea that Michigan and Iowa could play in Indy for the Big Ten championship. To me, that for Michigan fans, that is such a good narrative. You know, it's like, it's just I'm just hanging on to that. So I'll be pulling for the Hawkeyes. Uh, all all season long, you know, me and Don Thomas pulling for these guys to get, you know, get to get to Indy. But uh, we had a recruiting win and a recruiting loss uh, this week. 
Uh, of course, I'm re- back referring to Michigan. Uh, three-star cornerback Jeremiah Lowe commits to Michigan. Uh, he's a little bit lower of a ranked guy. It appears that we're plugging in some gaps after the Aaron Scott uh, non-commitment, or I should say commitment elsewhere to the school that shall not be named. Um, but this guy, Jeremiah Lowe, looks like he could be pretty good. And, and I also, um, I don't put too much stock into how many stars a guy has because we have, you know, like the Rod Moores of, of the world that come in and they, they spend a couple years with Ben Herbert and, and all of a sudden they're the, you know, highest graded defensive back in the country or something like that. So, uh, he's listed as the ninth best player in the state of Kentucky, according to 24 seven sports. Uh, looks like he could be pretty good. Um, any any quick quick comments on Jeremiah Lowe? Yeah, you know I feel like, uh, and I no disrespect at all to Jeremiah Lowe. Um, it feels like kind of a a filler pick. You know, we missed on obviously a couple of guys that we had we had hoped that we would get, but you know we've got uh, two solid. Uh, what feels like Michigan type uh, DB stepping in at that position for uh, for the Wolverines coming into this class, which I feel obviously can be developed just like Michigan has done with all their other players. So obviously, you know, to be ranked uh, as number nine in the entire state is is nothing to slouch about. So no, uh, no disrespect at all to him. I think that. Uh, He'll be developed and he'll be a fierce competitor for this Michigan team. And uh, it's not like he's he's low ranked. You know what I mean? He's he's definitely got plenty of potential, decent uh, frame. So I think there's plenty to be excited about with this kid. And then we had some bad news. Elias Rudolph, uh, which is a pretty highly recruited guy that we were uh, pretty happy about landing. He flipped. He flipped to Miami. He's a four-star edge from Florida. It, this had a uh, bag drop written all over it, didn't it, Matt? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I hadn't even uh, I hadn't even heard anything about it until you had texted me about it when we were going back and forth about podcast notes yesterday. Uh, you brought it to my attention, and sure enough, later in the afternoon, I uh, got a notification that it was a done deal that uh, he was headed on down to Miami. All right, everyone. It was at this point in the podcast that Matt and I started to have some technical difficulties. We were planning on uh, each going through some of the quotes in Michigan's fall camp that we enjoyed. So here's what we'll do. We're going to go over some of our favorite quotes from uh, fall camp next week on next week's episode. Uh, we'll be back with some great content. We appreciate everybody listening. We're inching closer to the Michigan football season. It's so close we can taste it. Uh, we're w- within three weeks now of kickoff and within two weeks of college football. So if you guys you know, want, are wondering where you can follow us, you can find me on Twitter at Wolverine Cron. You can also go to WolverineChronicle.com. You can also find Matt. Uh, he does a lot of really good work with Mason Brew. So just head on over to MasonBrew.com and check him out. You can also find him on Twitter at Maze Crusader. But until next week, as always, go blue.